0: Hello.
1: Hello. Yeah. Did we start? Yeah. Oh, I mean you're so casual.
2: Yeah. Well, turning over a new leaf.
1: Yeah, you just look at you. Just relaxed, casual, My happy.
2: Goal? My goal is to start every single podcast with the same thing. So when I say hello, Yes,
1: I know. Hello.
2: Hello. Hello. Yeah,
1: I'm sure that won't get annoying.
2: I think that's why we don't have as many listeners.
1: Hmm. Although, hit 10, if you are a thousand listens, yeah. ten thousand yeah. listens, yeah, lifetime listens. You got a congratulations email. I did from the podcasting gods.
2: I don't really know what that means.
1: I mean, we listened to it t- t- seven thousand listen- times. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Somebody um, actually
2: asked me how many listeners there are. And I think there's like a couple, like 200 that projects. It's tough to kind of tell. And then I always wonder, I wonder who those 200 are. If it's just, like, I wonder how they, mm-hmm. they're, I don't know. Whatever. I don't, I don't care. Don't care. No.
1: Well, today we are going to talk about something I think is probably one of the most more important topics that we've discussed personal and very important to you. But I think the reason as we've said with all these podcasts is just how it can be impactful for other people. So in you sharing your experience and your story about it. um, So the other day you put up a uh, a post on Instagram, a letter dear alcohol. Yeah. So for people that haven't seen that, what was that post?
2: Um It was a letter I wrote to alcohol on the 1 year of being sober. Uh and I actually didn't <clears throat> I didn't view I didn't view my decision to stop drinking as
1: sobriety stepping into sobriety
2: mm-hmm. yeah i just didn't really
1: so what did you view it as so you last february february 14th of 2019 you had already stopped drinking but it was valentine's day you had a glass of wine but yeah. that was the last day you I stopped you just... drinking
2: i think at the end of january mm-hmm. and then or beginning of february and then it was valentine's day and i think we had like a nice yeah. bottle of wine or something but what was and... the
1: decision what when when you decided you kind of said like i wonder about i remember when you said it like going to try to not drink i don't think you set out though for like this one year it started like I'm, i wonder how long i can go i wonder what it would be like to stop drinking and yeah. then it turned into kind of a year and now it's like yeah. i'm not sure i'm ever going to drink again
2: yeah yeah i didn't it certainly didn't i didn't start off on it i think that i had the idea like okay so one of my... My first level one, actually, working for... Like, on the level one staff, um, Pat Barber, we were talking. He was there. And he was saying he'd stop drinking for, like, a year to see... Just mm-hmm. just to see about it. And he's got this crazy thing where he actually, like, doesn't get hung over.
1: Yeah, you're so, I remember you Yeah, it's about. crazy.
2: Um, but nonetheless, he was just like, yeah, it was, like, whatever. And I was like, oh, like that's, that's like, that's cool. Like, you know, doing a full year, yeah. like there's some other people that i knew that would do like 6 months on, 6 mm-hmm. months off kind of thing and you know that's fine or whatever but i didn't start off on it really with any goal of a challenge so to speak you know what i mean like it wasn't i wasn't quite sure what the intent of it was going to i i shouldn't say that. i wasn't sure what the like finish point of mm-hmm. it so to speak was going to be i just knew that i needed to stop drinking Right. I mean, and
1: I would almost say like, we'll take sugar, for example. For someone that has no, for someone with a healthy relationship with sugar, Mm -hmm. I don't know that it would ever occur to them to say, I'm going to take a year off of eating sugar. So do you think that inherent in saying you're going to stop doing something, you recognize there's a problem with it, your relationship?
2: I knew I've known for a very long time I've had a problem with it
1: right so that what made you decide at that point that you needed to stop
2: um because
1: there wasn't some you've had and I've experienced with you some real low points with alcohol but it wasn't like I could see something happening hitting like a rock bottom and then saying like wow I have to stop drinking Uh, that didn't really happen Recent to that decision.
2: No. Um, There's a couple things. One, I didn't want to... I didn't want to be drunk in a position where uh, I wasn't... I'm not sure how the outcome would go in terms of, like, my life.
1: What does that really mean? That sounds like... Yeah. So, like, at that point... I didn't want to get drunk and kill myself. Okay.
2: That's basically what it means. Like, I did... I wanted to remove uh an environmental from my life because at that point and for the past couple of years and whatever, um, there have been ideations. There's been moments where, yep, like booze has been part of it. And, uh, I, that's like not something that I want to do. And so I think it's really tough to say that it, it is tough to say that. Uh, but you know, I, that's just what yeah. it is, frankly. And Recognizing. So, yeah, like recognizing. There was a lot you didn't
1: have. I don't want to say you didn't have control over. Yeah. 2019 was a, as we've talked about recently for you, was a challenging year. I think there were some one, high points. Yeah. But it was, I think, this year that like kind of brought a lot to your attention, like finally brought some things to the surface, and it kind of escalated actually over the course of the year. But for you, deciding that, now looking back, that decision to control the one thing, like something you could, was probably the best thing you could have done at that time yeah. because it did end in a place that was a little bit of a rock bottom for you that really yeah. was, I think, a positive in the end. Yeah. But had alcohol still been part of your life, that would have probably gone very differently.
2: Yeah, and I think that, yeah, you know, you said some things came to the surface, and sure, but I think that I also fucking nose dive and went deep like that was the thing too so i went I, I i am a firm believer of going within yourself and
1: you mean over the course of the year yeah over the yeah. course
2: of the year over the course of two years you know kind of do thing. you
1: think alcohol would be a distraction from being able to do that 100
2: percent. 100 percent.
1: so like for you because i think there's um like i would never look at your art like I mean we've the time we've been together yeah and it's I think people have a I think people have a stigma on like what that looks like to have a problem a quote-unquote problem with alcohol so probably in the entire time we've been together there's maybe been two instances that were like bad alcohol related incidences like and I mean I saw you in a like position I've, I've like, you were a very different person. Yeah. That's not to say that something happened that was, like, yeah. you weren't abusive or, you know, nothing like that. Right.
2: And I, I don't mean, think
1: that's... And for a lot of people, like, if you ask most couples, like, yeah, they've seen their spouse intoxicated. Drunk and
2: whatever, yeah.
1: But... So... But that... But I wasn't... I'm not... That doesn't mean that when... I was very aware, though, that you... Had, Unhealthy relationship with that Well, some so of the shit you... that you didn't see mm-hmm. was well, also
2: some of the bad stuff. Sure, you know? when you like, lived down yeah.
1: on base. Yeah, But the thing is about that is, like, I wasn't completely unaware of that. I just wasn't fully exposed to it. But it was very clear to me, you stopping... In, the fact that you were unable to not... Like, you... Part of your coping mechanism was stopping and getting a six-pack. And...
2: Yeah, for sure. Or
1: however many, or drinking, well, whatever.
2: Well, you know what it really would be? It would be having a couple when my team was deployed and I wasn't, mm-hmm. which really fucking gutted me. And I didn't because personal stuff with us, and I was getting out. And I, if I deployed, there is a high chance I probably would have reenlisted mm-hmm. on deployment, also because it would have got a nice fat check, tax free cash, and been like yeah. right on. Anyway, there was a bunch of stuff going on. I was basically isolated on my own, without a purpose, just sitting in. With
1: no life. I mean, really, because on the week, like, other than I was down in
2: Clarksville. Yeah, Yeah. but my job, but my team was gone. Sure. The company was, there's a couple teams training, like, I wasn't doing really much. Sure, I would jump. I remember saying to you the one time, like, I need to jump out of an airplane, Mm -hmm. because I need to do something. And so the last, what maybe six months was that, um, yeah, it was just like once they left, and then once Nate and then Nate left, once Nate left, I think it got bad. Um,
1: so you would,
2: so I would have a beer or two in the team room, just like by yourself. No, uh, not always by mm-hmm. myself. But then, then I'd have a beer or two. I'd have a beer on the ride home mm-hmm. from base, right. So I'd leave base. I was living in a house in a situation that was not ideal, you know, trying to save money, send everything back home kind of deal and just, you know, pay as little rent as possible. So that wasn't great. So I'd have a beer on the ride home, usually, and then I'd stop and get like a six pack or a few like big Foster's cans Mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, and then just pretty much drink the rest of the night
1: right and so I think that's um
2: and it was masking and covering up things that I really needed to face you know but I also felt really numb and I was drinking to feel something Mm -hmm. and that was uh you know that's a problem that's an issue and for me the problem was like like really, you're. <laughs> I think about it. Like, so you're. You're. You, what's wrong with you? You're gonna. And I wasn't drunk. Like there was no. There would have been no way. But that's what
1: I'm saying. Like, I, a, what, okay, eight beers. Some might say my point in this is some might be like, well, it's not like you blacked out. No. You know, and that's the thing is like, well, that doesn't have to be the problem. The problem doesn't having a a poor relationship with alcohol and it being unhealthy doesn't mean.
2: But why would I need to drink a beer on the ride home?
1: Well, right. I mean, that's like, like
2: what's wrong? What is wrong with yeah. you? You know what I mean? I mean, that and... doesn't
1: occur to most people. Like I would never.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's just because that's not what you're supposed to, like. That's mm-hmm. just not good, right. you know? So anyway, so I wrote this letter, Dear Alcohol, as a way to, I think that there's a, it's a powerful experience to write a letter. I've had some clients do it and it's very, very real. Um, and so I was wondering. So I was wondering what I you know the one year thing. Oh, say what you will about like anniversaries or milestones, but like I like like I'm going to celebrate that. But I wanted to bring some. I was wanting to bring some awareness and some closure to this issue. Mm-hmm. And so that exercise of writing a letter to either yourself or to something that really has been a major influence in your life is a very powerful thing to do. Yeah. So I wrote it and yeah, it was, it felt good, you know, for sure. It's always a bit nerve wracking when you put something out into the, to the world of social media, uh, because people judge the shit out of you. Mm -hmm. Um, that's just how it goes. And then people are also though, inspired by it. And so I've had, multiple um Green Berets reach out to me and tell me how important that was. Some have taken sobriety into their own hands now. Uh and there's quite a few people who have decided to stop drinking because mm-hmm. that was what they needed. And that's not me doing anything other than saying like, look
1: being honest, putting it out there. Yeah. Like this is something yeah. I
2: struggle with. And this was the deal and you know I think the big thing about the letter is it was always me like I was always the problem Mm -hmm. and so getting back to your question about like what made me stop drinking yeah I knew I had a problem for a long time but I also knew it was only a matter of time before something very tragic happened that could that had alcohol in the picture yeah And that's not to say that once alcohol was was removed, all the problems went away. That's not it, because alcohol wasn't the fucking problem. I was the problem, and I continue to be in everything, like, you know, in just normal things. And so I wanted to remove something that could be a scapegoat. I wanted to remove something Mm -hmm. at a point in time, too, where, like, and we had drank a lot. Like, we drank quite a bit before especially when i first got out and like and i love making and i'll still make cocktails for people mm-hmm. like i'm looking at a, a couple nice bottles of booze now, and i enjoy that like i enjoy making a cocktail for people i, th- I think it's, it's just like making a good cup of coffee or food or whatever yeah. and um and that's that's fine
1: but yeah i mean when you got out we did a fair amount of drinking yeah. and i am not a big like since you, were you never stopped. never a drinker I, yeah i mean i've never really been a drinker since you stopped drinking i've haven't drank much at all just because it's just not really part of our yeah
2: and i don't care if you drink
1: no i know i'm just saying that's not part of our like whatever i'm not a big drinker no however i do think it's interesting for people yes you're the problem i get what you're saying about that yeah but yes alcohol changes people yes and brings out no maybe not changes them some people are silly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some people are whatever, and for you, I think what alcohol did, which I'm not, it wasn't, it's not good, but in some ways, it's like if you were just a silly drunk,
0: mm-hmm.
1: it would be a lot easier to just not really see alcohol as a problem. But you aren't, you kind of, I feel like it brought out like all the darkness yeah. when you would drink, yeah. And yeah, I do yeah. know.
2: And I would plunge further into it, like, yeah, that's and the it would thing.
1: be just impossible to you know so so for when people are having you know as people do in their life struggling with just normal life things, yeah, then you add that to it, and now you have conflict that's very hard to separate what's real and what's the alcohol, yeah, and what's being now said because the alcoholism it's it's a it makes things much more complicated and I think that's another thing I'm sure for some of the people that reached out to you like it's not just a you problem it's a fam if it, it, it extends to like the spouse and to the yeah, family and so I think um start you know looking at that and removing that from the situation Yeah again. I mean
2: there's a lot of shit that I need that I needed to need to and will continue to need to work through and address and and my i've never known how to drink responsibly like I. but so
1: do you think so here's a question do you mm. i mean obviously there is like a genetic predisposition i mean yeah to alcoholism yeah do you feel that that's what it is like what made you or do you feel like and that's kind of how you just were introduced to alcohol at a young age and like you just never had a responsible relationship with it or do you feel like you always used it for a numbing agent i I don't
2: think i always use it for a numbing agent um no i don't think i always use it for a numbing agent and in fact i think recently like it i don't know if it has been numbing i think it's been the opposite of wanting to feel something because like there's a lot of like, if I were to get a buzz or get drunk or whatever, like, at least I, I would feel sort of something. Okay. So, and I mean, so okay. So, that, do you think? I think like that's more of an escapism. You know what I mean? Um, so, I think the genetic thing is is certainly something to look at. And, and that's, you know, certainly there. Um, I think that. But you it,
1: said you never had a good relationship. Yeah. With so, it, so,
2: essentially, I, I, it was never just like, oh, I like, have a beer or two. Maybe like a cake. I just don't remember ever having like, I would drink and not know how to stop. And I'm kind of an addict in that regard. Like I don't know how to do much in moderation. I know that's sort of like a throwaway thing now. But we used
1: to, when I would come down on weekends, it wasn't like, I mean, we would have two or three drinks. It wasn't like you were then stopping and buying a bottle of vodka.
2: No, 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 no. And and that was because, because you know why? Yeah. Because you know why? Because I was in a, one of the most intense periods of my life, and I, everything I did, from the second I enlisted and took an oath of enlistment into the army until the second I, or until the moment I received my brain and crossed the stage, mm-hmm. something was incomplete. There was no like have fun on the weekend type thing.
1: So you felt like your responsibility overrode that,
2: right? The yeah. purpose, the, like when I talk about like what do you want, or mm-hmm. or how do you want to be, or who are you, and and what are your things that you're going to engage in and pursue and step into the unknown as expressions and chances to display who you are for me at that point it was it was the path to becoming a green Mm Beret. that kept me in check yeah because i also know like if i'm drinking a lot on the weekends i'm not sleeping i'm not recovering i'm not Mm -hmm. and so it was like very pretty binary for Mm -hmm. me everything i did Pretty much was intended for one singular purpose, and that was to be the very best I could every single day because the path that I wanted to do and the goals I wanted to accomplish would demand and and, and require that. And not everybody did that, but i that was me.
1: But so that there was a checks and balances, but more so than when you got out the problem, you see that as kind of like if there was a pinnacle of like the problem with your relationship with alcohols.
2: Yeah. So the out. long standing, the undercurrent when I was in, let's just say when I was in, we'll just say the Q course. Cause that's probably when I was most responsible with drinking. I really didn't drink at all. Maybe on the weekend, if you weren't coming down, I wouldn't really drink. I definitely didn't drink during the week. Um, maybe a beer or two on the weekend, but like, there's no way I was coming through the gate with alcohol on my mm-hmm. breath. If we went out to like El Caz yeah. or something like, no, I'm just fucking not doing it. And I never understood people that like could just party and have fun. And hey, they still, a bunch of them still became green braids, graduated, good dudes. I like them. Mm-hmm. I just, that for me, I was just like, no, nah, I'm not gonna, that's not, I'm here to, I'm not here to make party memories. I'm here for a mission. So um, the undercurrent though of a, a problem with alcohol was still there. I was very good at avoiding it. It was able to be repressed. But the challenge, the problem with when you repress things is that you don't actually solve them. And so I was able to outrun alcohol, essentially, in that point in time. The culture of drinking in the army, I'm not going to, I'm not going to hang my hat on that. Yes, it's there in the military. It's whatever. But like, no, I'm not going to say that that was mm-hmm. a contributor. Again, that's like pointing it for others. When I was in college, I definitely didn't know how to drink. Um, it was always just drink to get fucked up kind of deal. It was like just partying and, and, and all of that. And and the problem with it was like it was this pseudo elation. Mm-hmm. It was kind of fake. And so when then when I got out, there was a little bit of the, celebra- I guess, celebratory stuff. And then very, very quickly there was also, oh, like what am I doing in life mm-hmm. kind of deal? What am I what did I do? What am I going to do? There was a bunch of stuff that I still, you know, work through and had to work through and stuff. And, um, yeah, drinking kind of was an escape from, from that in a way.
1: Okay. So it, but you're saying it didn't really do a numbing job of that. It was like an escape. Like you didn't think about that stuff when you drink or because Um, then when there's like conflict, and that gets into a whole other thing of like, like if we get into an argument, we've had a discussion about this. Like, I feel a lot of things if we're talking about interoception, and, and you've said like you don't. So you're saying like drinking. At least you feel something. more anger. Yeah. Like, but at yeah, least yeah, there's yeah. anger. There's something. At least there. there's something yep. which you can see that causing problems of in course. a relationship or life yeah. or yeah.
2: And then thinking like, I just need to have a little bit more, you know, need to feel something and, and even physically like needing to feel whatever that, Mm -hmm. that, that high kind of is.
1: So, uh, but when, you know, you say like removing it from the equation of, as it relates to suicide, I mean, what, what's that? I mean, that's a different feeling. Like, yeah. what would that? Because you feel like you could get to a place of being that. Drunk. Well, look, I mean, I mean, yeah,
2: you 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 sacrifice you sacrifice a certain amount of uh, just proper decision making, mm-hmm. you know. And why do people drink and drive?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know,
2: and it's the same sort of thing, and so. You're obviously like in a spot where you do things, and you're like, "What the fuck was I doing? What was I thinking?" It's like you weren't. Right. Um, you also, in my, for me, you the the alcohol also kind of puts a cloak on who you really are mm-hmm. and makes you. It, it it doesn't make you. You obviously make yourself, but it facilitates this other entity. Of who you are. Like an alter ego. Like an alter ego. Yeah, for sure. And so, yeah, for some of that, you know, then the whispers in the head become louder. And then it becomes shouting. And then, what do you do? I don't want to hear that mm-hmm. shit anymore. And so, that's like where it's a very slippery slope to go down To go down with. And so, I had that experience. Um,
1: Did you have one experience that... Not, I don't mean came close to that edge, but
2: yeah, yeah, that was yeah. I forget where you you were away. Kids were with Eric, and it was just me, and yeah, it was not a good night.
1: So for other people, I mean, it can seem. I can imagine. I can't imagine, but the thought of like, okay, never drinking again. Like, what's the what is the biggest challenge? What is that for you? I mean, I know you've said like. Like, what's the challenge? What's the biggest thing to overcome or the obstacle with that?
2: Hmm. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't see one right now. Because it's such a pure, authentic reason that I've connected mm -hmm. to within myself.
1: But don't you feel like that's... So last year before you made that decision, he had coffee with someone I actually went to high school Yeah, with, I want to definitely Andrew talk about that. Andrew Missionard who yeah. started um, something called The Alcoholic Next Door. He had a really tumultuous relationship with alcohol. Yeah, for sure. Since I can remember him in high school. And and one of the things he said to you was like pretty impactful. Yeah. So what was that?
2: So we got coffee... Um, yeah, late January, or whatever January, it doesn't matter when. And uh, we were talking, and something came up, and he said that, you know, somebody asked him, and he's been sober for uh, maybe a decade now, mm-hmm. I'm not sure, a long time, and he said that they asked him, like, do you miss it? Like, one of his buddies or whatever, like, man, do you miss it? And it was the and he smiled in retelling me. You know, he smiled and said, "Why would I miss something that exponentially made my life better?"
1: No, well, that exponentially made my life worse. Why would I miss? Why would something? I miss something yeah.
2: that when I removed it when I removed exponentially it. Yeah. made my life yeah. better? And I was like, "Huh." It was the first time, and I have and I've known and I know people that have you know that are in AA that aren't in AA that are you know battling with sobriety this and that the other. And I'll be honest with you, man, like sometimes it's like a badge of honor mm-hmm. that I don't quite like I don't. That's why I never said I was going to be sober because mm-hmm. I just didn't want to have that weird well, sort of labeling specific... status thing. Yeah. Like I just it was just like, it's steroids, yeah, you know, I just didn't want to really touch that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was the first time that I had in person experienced somebody Put it that way and the look on his face and the energy that that he emitted when he said that was, I mean, pure is the mm-hmm. word that comes to mind. It was so pure and it was so authentic and it was so damn powerful. And I was like thinking to myself, wow, what a, what a, um, what a strong thing to say versus yeah, it sucks. I was in Cancun and yeah, everybody's yeah. partying. Because, you know, frankly, like a lot of the pity party stuff and a lot of the woe is me, like I don't want mm-hmm. to play that game. I don't want to play that game. I don't want to be that person. It's like you are making this decision. If it's that bad, then go back to it. Mm-hmm. But like either commit to it, like step, own something. Yeah. And Andrew owned it with such strength and positivity and grace and like it was It was a really beautiful yeah. thing, and that really, really touched me and got me thinking and Really, actually, that's what started the right. thought of
1: why am I still drinking?
2: I think I should look into this a yeah. bit more,
1: yeah, yeah, and I think that's a good point, I mean, framing it kind of back to the agency conversation and choice, like you know why, what's the intent behind it? It's not just about a thirty day challenge or one year can I do it and this thing about depriving yourself or like it's it's the to your point the more positive thing like the absence of it yeah. is so powerful that you know and and i know we've had this conversation about like some of the hang-ups where people get hung up with alcohol i think and for myself as like a person that doesn't i, I don't think i have a unhealthy relationship with alcohol mm-hmm so, for me, it is it is interesting to think about, like, you know, for us, like, okay, if we want to go out on a Friday night. Yeah. There's not a lot of, um, like, there's a lot that is wrapped up in alcohol and food. Of course. But when we look at, like, if we want to go to have a night out, go to Naderar, does it really matter what the substance is in the glass? Sure. And that's like a really weird, like, and I think people have had that experience of when people kind of, whether it's on a diet or drinking or other people really care that much about what is in your glass to the point that people fake having a drink. like, And that's a a whole other thing, Mm -hmm. the societal thing. And I would say if you're someone struggling with alcohol and there's people like we've had some people in our life we've been kind of honest with like, okay you are not drinking anymore yeah like and it just needs to be sometimes you might need to be just clear with the person
0: yeah
1: but i wouldn't say our experience has been any different cuz we've had club soda and bitters no and that was, it was and a,
2: so that was one of the that was one of the things that i kind of put myself through to examine it mm-hmm. is what do i What am I getting out of alcohol in this situation? Mm -hmm. Like, what is alcohol providing? Right.
1: So, if it's us out, so if it's us out,
2: or yeah, right. So, us out, why do I want to drink alcohol? It's like, well, that's what you do. You go out, Mm -hmm. have a glass of wine. It's nice. Okay. How can you go out and have a nice time that doesn't have The, the liquid substance of alcohol is the nice time contingent upon the liquid substance. Is that the linchpin? Well, I sure as fuck hope not (laughs) because otherwise, like, what does that say about my, our relationship? So it's like, okay, so you want to go out, you want to have a nice time. Can you do that without it? Sure. All right. Well, like what, so then what really is it about the alcohol? Well, I want to feel included I want to have connection. Okay, how can you have connection without it? Mm -hmm. Well, you can look someone in the eye. You can really listen to what they're saying.
1: But isn't that back to the behavior piece? Yes. Because when you look at the food stuff, it's the same thing. People who are maybe struggle with food, I won't say addiction, but like do you have to have that burger with a bun and fries? Could you have, could you eat some other, does it matter the what? You know what I mean? And and then it's like, okay, so, but then being honest, you have to look at like, you can't hide when you go down that path of asking the questions. You're either going to realize, and like, that's what I mean for me. Like, if I'm honest, like, yeah, I really, what it would come down to is like, I like how a margarita tastes. What's funny about that is like, I could have a non-alcoholic margarita. But I wouldn't because it has too much sugar in it. But I'll have it with the alcohol. <laughs> oh my god! But it's god, like then crazy. then whatever. But like the point is, for me, there isn't this. Yeah, I like the way I want to get like I like the way I like the way a good bourbon yeah.
2: tastes. Like I like give me some blands. I love blends, right? Um, but it's also like, do you like? What's
0: do you have a problem the, yeah.
2: with it? Like right. you know, and and you have to be honest with yourself with it. Mm-hmm. And I get it. The whole tasting good beers good drinks like yeah, yeah for sure I, I get it right and cookie, is it a and problem, chocolate though?
1: chip cookies taste good but yeah. we don't eat them every day there's a day. lot of stuff that tastes good
2: and, and right. i'm not trying to be dismissive yeah. but like you're not going to hear and and this is me talking to me but i think a lot of folks can probably benefit yeah. from hearing it you're not going to hear what you want to fucking hear mm-hmm. so so you open your goddamn ears and like well i like plans. it's nice here's a perfect example we're out there in a nice bar, cold as shit outside, around the holidays, yes, a couple fingers of Blantons makes for an amazing atmosphere. Yeah, it's it, we're there, and there's yeah. a fire going, and the lights are right, and like, yeah, I get it, all the atmospherics. But like, you have a problem. You're the problem. So if you're, <laughs> yeah, it, what are you going to do about it? And and well, that's you have kind to make that thing.
1: choice of which is the priority then. So yeah, for and people it tastes then, great. I get
2: yeah. it. I. Trust me, no. um, and there were some there were some cocktails that I would make that were really damn good. Uh, but yeah, hey, yeah, I think for looking me at the
1: decision making on the real so list looking at
2: that life. as as a thing of like what is it is is the experience and how I want to feel mm-hmm. solely reliant upon physical alcohol. Can I extract the essence of the experience that I want to have with the absence of alcohol? And I would suggest you can. Mm-hmm. You 100% can. If you cannot, you have to look at yourself more mm-hmm. and that experience. And, and like, well, then what is it sort of that's getting in your way? Because it's not. It's and not I think
1: boost. that's an exercise for everybody.
2: Yeah. I mean, I would when recommend people, it.
1: not to get sidetracked from this, but just we talk about presence and like, that's an interesting experiment for people. Yeah. Like and if you really are. Going out with friends and having a time, being present with them, it really should not matter if it's pizza or burgers or wine or club soda. No, there was a couple
2: times like when we were out at the do for the for breakthrough. This was a few months in, or when I was not really when I was out there for the lectures because there was also like a work kind of thing. But, um,
1: yeah, it was warm. They're like having yeah. like a cold beer. Oh man, they were having a cold
2: right. beer. It was, it was a local brewery, right? So, all of the triggers local yeah. brewery, celebratory communal time, amazing place. Everybody's feeling good. There's just this buzz about mm-hmm. it that is really awesome. And the energy is super high. And like, ah, oh, man, a beer would be great right now. Yeah. It smells good. It looks good. They're drinking them out of mason jars. Like, yes.
1: Yeah. But, but that's like, sort it's of... It's like,
2: well, what is it? Uh, do I, I, I want to feel included. Right. Well, I still can. Like, yeah. oh, I don't want to miss out on it. Well, miss out on what? The experience is not in the glass. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, and what... For someone with a problem, like, what are you willing to... So you're willing to have that taste, have like that's what you're choosing over this and it's like caffeine coffee some people who really like caffeine is a problem or like really causing them issues like does the coffee or drinking after be caffeinated could it be decaf and could you have the same experience so i guess the other part is like so you have had people that were really impacted by that yeah so what was your what made what was your decision in like putting that out there publicly
2: um to raise awareness that's like the essence of everything i think i do to raise awareness and um to lead and being a leader sometimes requires doing things that are not easy
1: why do you feel like you've said you know being judged and stuff i mean why would you feel like How would that be judged? Well, it was brought to my
2: attention that in certain circles, it's not really something you publicly talk about. So being an alcoholic or being an alcoholic, having an issue with alcohol. Yeah. It's not. not, Yeah. Okay. Um, And there's some sensitivities with that. Mm -hmm. And that was I didn't know that, you know, like I I didn't, uh,
1: sure. And your experience of someone like Andrew, he's made a public platform, alcoholic next door. Yeah. And I yeah. and his thing is a neat like, by nature of the name, alcoholic next door. And he was the kid in high school that everybody just like, oh, he just gets drunk, and that was just how kind of how he was. But the point is like, he really had a problem with it, right. and he could have died. Right, right. So there are people that do put it out there publicly. So while well, some people might be sensitive to it, or there might be certain cultural mm-hmm. pockets that don't believe in that. Yeah. I understand yeah, that, so but there I are think, also people that, like as your point, if Andrew wasn't a public person and had had that conversation with you or whatever, like you can also help. Being open and honest can impact people as it has. Yeah, which is, and I don't purpose. think
2: you get to turn off. Like I, I don't believe in being selective with what you, with 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 your honesty. Mm-hmm. I think that for whatever reason. And I know this, that there's people that look to me for some sort of inspiration, some sort of guidance, some sort of leadership, whatever that capacity looks like. Um, and so I owe it to people to be honest. Yeah. And part of it, I also know that some of my resume, if you will, is is probably creating a story in others' minds that's not accurate to what the real story is. And so... I just kind of want to take a no-bullshit approach to it. And so, um, yeah, I feel like taboo stuff is really kind of deadly. Mm-hmm. Keeping quiet about things is not working.
1: Right, because it's the repression. It's
2: repression, and then you keep it to yourself. You feel, you feel like... You feel a shame. Mm-hmm. You feel the guilt. You feel all of that stuff because you can't then express and be who you are. And that is a recipe for at a minimum self-oppression mm-hmm. and very easily escalating to complete self-destruction. Uh, and I kind of want to blow the lid off of that. And, you know, that's... That's that's sort of what drove it. Yeah. Um, and the response has been, you know, the response has been cool interesting.
1: What do you think it is about some of the people that have reached out, like seeing that, seeing you post that, like what do you think it was? I mean, they clearly had insight into the fact that they had an unhealthy relationship with alcohol. Mm-hmm. What do you think it was about your post that had them say like, I need to take action to stop this?
2: Uh, Good question. I don't know. I mean, you should probably ask them. But I think part of it was... I think... If I were to say, I think part of it was that I didn't play the victim. Mm -hmm. Because I refused to be a fucking victim. And I think taking accountability, having self-accountability... Uh, is inspiring in a in a way, and just real. Like I think mm-hmm. it was a, I mean it was a real post. So I hope people read it as yeah, being yeah. a real thing. And uh, yeah, I just think it was a a powerful thing. And I also think that people uh would have had no idea. Like there's a, yeah. you know what I mean. Like I think that yeah, I mean even for, within
1: our. Family and friends, I mean, you were honest, like, yeah, I stopped, you know, not drinking. But I don't think anybody was, like, thinking. Yeah, I was probably. Well, good, it's not like, like I got Bill dinged had, for a DUI,
2: yeah. and it's like, right. oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. And Yeah, you're I mean, basically... it wasn't like
1: when you would, if we went out or had dinner with people. It's not like, that's my point, too, is even in our relationship, since you've been home, there weren't, it wasn't like you were blacking out and, no. like, stopped, you couldn't stop drinking. And, like, so that's um my point is that that stigma of like well what it what it looks like to have an unhealthy relationship with alcohol it's not just looking for people that just get blackout drunk all the time no
2: and, and i wasn't getting drunk off like i yeah. wasn't but there was it, like how many times do you need to have one of the darkest experiences of your life okay. yeah like what's the minimum requirement to be like oh i need to pay attention to that
1: so what do you feel like this year not drinking
2: oh it's been incredible Like, talk about that. Yeah. So, there's part of it that is, I think, a, it's a, it's an opportunity to kind of, for me, my, personally, to, like, validate and continue to practice some of the mindset stuff. Mm -hmm. And my definition of mindset. Mm -hmm. So, um, having that connection to who you are and honoring it through your actions is like a a, an ability and a daily sort of a practice thing um i think that when it comes to when it comes to physical health I, i i think that it yeah it's 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 been huge it's been important You know, I think that the other thing that it's done is... And there's certainly been hard things like Mm -hmm. over the past year, um, of course. But what it's also done is... I don't know if if I was still drinking or if I was abusing alcohol. What those hard situations then would have kind of went down into and and, and backslid into.
1: Versus being able to learn from them and grow from them.
2: So I wish I could say that like, oh yeah, I'm like running faster and i'm stronger and i'm fucking jumping higher and like that's not it you know yeah. but like the the, pre- the absence of it is i feel it it's not this monumental thing but the presence of it would yeah. be would be much graver in, in that yeah. for me uh and just that as well as like continuing to to have a inward trajectory to working on myself and getting to know myself and really being curious and also compassionate and saying like, I'm going to step into this life that I want to live. And I don't know exactly how to, but removing, taking ownership of some of the things in my life Mm -hmm. that either hinder or, or facilitate and help, uh, you know, that, that, that's been so, I don't know if that answers that. Yeah. But one of the things that I actually said to a, f- a couple of people, I don't know how many people I actually said this to, maybe like two or three. And it was like people who understand dark humor. When I told them I was stopping drinking, they're like, oh, why? And I said, well, I'm, I'm an avoiding alcoholic. And that's kind of how I started. Like when I first started it, that's how I viewed it. Like mm-hmm. I don't know if I would say, like, I'm an alcoholic i guess maybe yeah, yeah i guess i am I'm or was or whatever but like yeah and again like i don't really care what the label is like that's right. the whole thing but the that's the thing what is it, an alcoholic right?
1: what do you have to be to be yeah an alcoholic? like what uh, like what's the
2: minute like do i have to apply to be one yeah. you know like if or if it's like is it a capital a or is it a lowercase a I mean, mm-hmm. is a capital a like alcoholic like a trademark like oh no you're not an alcoholic and you've gone these steps and sure it's and the I don't point really care. is
1: the the unhealthy relationship and that could be with People have unhealthy relationships with a lot of things. Sure, This one was alcohol. And what do you do with not everything in life? If you have an unhealthy relationship with food, you can't never eat again. So it looks like a very different recovery process. Alcohol, though, you don't need alcohol to live. No. So.
2: Yeah. And I think one of the more, again, one of the exercises that I did right when I decided to do this and I wrote it down in like pen and paper. Mm-hmm. I made a column, two columns. On the one column, that the title of that was All the Reasons to Stop Drinking. And I listed out quite a bit. And on the other column was All of the Reasons to Continue Drinking. And I couldn't find a single reason to continue drinking. Like mm-hmm. like that, I could really connect to and, and believe. Not the bullshit things of like, oh, it's celebration. That's yeah, fun. And that. and like, it tastes good. Like or, no, yeah, like no. I like beer. Yeah, I like the way it tastes. Mm-hmm. Not a good like. Yep, right on. But um, so that was a that was like a very powerful one too. So it's like okay, so and what you do with writing and expressing those things is you also see it from a different perspective and you get it out of your head, um, into a way that is that you can. That you can also walk away from and then come back to. Yeah. And when I looked at that list and I was like, wow, I have, there are quite a few very serious reasons Mm -hmm. to stop drinking. And I can't come up with like a single legitimate reason. Like
1: what do you do with that list at that point? Then why would I
2: continue? Yeah. You know? And I think that's the
1: thing. Like, so for you, could you have a cocktail this weekend and then stop drinking again. Sure. But like, what's the point of reintroducing it? Like there is no point at this point. I can also have a
2: cigarette, but it doesn't mean I'm going to do that. Like, you know what I mean? Like I'm not a smoker. Right. Uh, So why the fuck would I have a cigarette? Like, I don't want to, I don't. Right. So uh, I don't get it. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And so, so that was, but, but it's been a, it's been an interesting thing to, to have that out there. And do I think everybody should stop drinking? No. <laughs> yeah. But if you have a problem with it, like, you know, right. you, you know, uh, and there's a lot of folks out there who I get it are really good at rationalizing and justifying being like, well, it's not a problem. I'm not, I'm not in a gutter. Mm-hmm. I didn't right. get all a DUI. I that... didn't have this tragedy. Uh, that's fine. That's all the external as mm-hmm. well though. And the problem is on the internal. And I think the, the the very dangerous part is that when there is no external proof of the problem,
0: mm-hmm.
2: you never, not you never, but it's easier to not accept that there is a problem. Yeah. So then the rationalization, the justification comes into comes into the picture, and the story just kind of you yeah. lose control of the story at that yeah. point. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. Well,
1: I'm glad that you shared that.
2: Yeah. Yeah, thanks. I I think it's worth worth also mentioning that one of the reasons why I do what I what I do and what I would like to do is to continue to be of service and lead within the veteran community. Yeah. And there are
1: there's a man with the package
2: just gonna pause on this one for a sec
1: charlie and riley hey awful dogs this poor man
2: yeah anyway so one of the reasons you one of the reasons is, is for to be a voice for the veteran community and there's a lot of
1: the veteran community the veteran yeah.
2: community yeah and there's i i know that there's a lot of men and women in this community that feel like they don't have a voice Mm -hmm. um, or haven't found theirs yet. And they're, they need the they they're on a process and on a journey to find their voice. Mm -hmm. And sometimes hearing others gives strength. And so that's, that's like a big, that's like a big part of it. Um, You know, there's a few people that I'm thinking about that, yeah, like I, it, it kind of keeps me up at night, kind of deal. And um, to, st- to to be a to be a leader and to. If there is a platform, if there is a voice, if there is something, I, I don't know what it is, and I think that there are folks have said that like you know your writing is powerful, and it, it's like you're speaking to me, and I can. It resonates, yeah. and so, um, to to not. To not continue to speak or to put myself out there, because it is personally uncomfortable, and it is, and there's a lot of like nasty stuff that I personally deal with with this kind of a thing. Especially looking at some of the my background and what I like, it, it's no surprise that I wanted to become a Green Bray, and our names are the Quiet Professionals. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, nope, I want to stay in the shadows and do the work. But to to give in to the personal discomfort. When yeah, it, it's, it's when it's serving others, right. like then I'm being of disservice yeah. to others, and so that is something that that still continues to com- to, to drive me. Uh, and the my reach is not that big, you know, and I and I'm and I'm good with that. Uh, but really, the minimum is one.
0: Yeah.
2: And if one person hears it, and and yeah. whether I know it or not, then then I've served, I've done my job. So. Yeah, that's that. All right. Alrighty. Maybe something a little bit lighter next, next week.
0: week. Speaking
2: lighter. of that, if you have, um, if there's like topics or subjects or questions, you know, sometimes we put up the the question thing. But if you want to just send a message or connect or whatever, uh, Instagram is yeah. probably the best way. At Bill Anthes, at Kariana Anthes, Kariana with an E. Yeah, or at between the ears.
1: Yeah. And on the veteran topic, I'm doing a women's retreat for veterans, which is cool.
2: That's really cool.
1: And I guess, yeah, it's an interesting experience for me. I feel like the women's stuff is something I connect to. I'm not a veteran. I don't pretend to know what that is like, Right. but I'm happy to be someone that can support and unknowing
2: you're not a veteran and you know it that's mm-hmm. like the biggest one of the biggest things is what i would say is like you know your role mm-hmm. and i don't mean that in like obviously yeah, no, like a, no. like a, like a yeah. fucked up way but you know you, you, there's a humility with that right and that's something that unfortunately a lot of veterans where there's a lot of like we're used for i was on a podcast uh with a, like a big time guy that I think is coming out this week or next week or whatever. And the notion of like PTS and PTSD came up and, you know, it's, it's used often for other motives yeah, yeah. and that, that is like right. an issue. So. Yeah.
1: And yeah. I feel like it's, it it's a, having been in the role I've been in with you as a spouse of a veteran, having an interesting perspective on that and just trying to serve from that Place with a group of women, and which is I'm sure unique women veterans. Yeah, yeah. So that's not till the fall, but um. Yeah, that's gonna be wild. uh, A female veteran that we know well, so that's that'll be good.
2: Yeah. Just just because you said it, you know, and I'll continue to say this will be the last thing, but like the spouses, you know, and in my experience, because at the time Special Forces was all all male, so Mm -hmm. it was all wives. Um, that's a way harder job than we had. Different job. The, uh, yeah, f- of course, different. But like, uh, the 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 there's the, an
1: emotional part of it that's just very different. I think every
2: it's, good warrior culture knows that the strength of their warriors are the females, and historically that's because you know males have yes. been the ones who go to battle. So I'm not being whatever, but like that is where the, that is where the strength was. Like that is the strength. Yeah. And so that support, you know, and, and there, are there husbands out there that are not Sure, in, for of some of these women, are, just, probably
1: understanding the point of their husbands if they are not veterans. So understanding both sides, but. Yeah. And to the, to, to wrap up this topic, yes, that's your experience with alcohol has very much also been my experience. Yeah. With your experience with alcohol. Of course. Um, so that's. It's not just a singular person.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. All right. All right. Well, that's it. We'll talk to you uh, next week.